Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. We've got a number of things that we're going to try to get through in the next two hours, and it would seem like two hours would be enough time, but is it really? Considering how far away from the kingdom society has come in all countries, to get back, may take more than a two-hour explanation of the course that we need to follow. Basically, we have to stop coveting our neighbor's goods and start loving one another as much as we love ourselves. Stop doing to our neighbor what we would not want done to us. Unfortunately, most people don't know what's being done to their neighbor, and the news media isn't going to tell them, but thousands and thousands of people have been robbed. They've been robbed by the banking system. They're being robbed right now. They're, they're, uh, the value of everything they've saved is going to go down before the end of this show. And it's being done in broad daylight. And it's been done by people you put in power because you have not accepted the responsibility of being the government of God. The government of God doesn't operate through force, doesn't operate through covetousness. Until John the Baptist, everybody tried to establish the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, through force, by compelling their neighbors to contribute to their welfare. You have to stop that. You have to turn away from that. What? We still need to have some sort of social welfare system. Not a bureaucratic, mindless, automatic, have to pay in, have to give out welfare system. We have to have one that's based on faith, hope, and charity that actually strengthens the poor. On this day in history, I mentioned that uh, on Blog Talk that there, this was the Quartering Act in 1774 where now the military could actually live in your house, be quartered in your house, eat it at your table. And you didn't have any say so in it. Oh, they had some rules that the men couldn't do certain things, but basically you were subjects. People in America didn't like that. They'd gotten a taste of freedom. And they just didn't go down well with them. They got more clever about it. The military is still quartered in your house, but you never see them. You send them a check to buy them their own accommodation. And you have to send them the check or somebody will kick in your front door and force you to contribute. That's just quartering act in a little bit different way. That has always been preached against in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. But you have made covenants with unbelievers, and so therefore now you are subject. You must support the armies of the Pharaoh, the armies of Caesar, to go out and kill thousands and thousands of people. Now, 3,000 people died in 911. 3,000 some people died, supposedly at the hands of a handful of people from Egypt, mostly. And this justified going in and invading countries, and over a million people have died since because of that, destroying the entire infrastructure of two countries, dropping more ordnance on a country the size of Texas 
than we dropped all during World War II. Amazing. Done right in the broad daylight. Millions of unborn children are extinguished every year because of economic and political pressures. This giant robbery where people lost their homes, they lost their jobs, they lost their life savings, they were robbed, and rich got richer. And you know, people want to blame it on men like Obama and Clinton. Well, heck, on this day in history, Alan Greenspan was appointed by Ronald Reagan to see, succeed Paul Volcker as the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Something we should never... That is not just weights and measures. It's debt notes. It's obligations. And you're a collateral for them. You're a human resource for them. All this has gone on. We need to take a hard look at everything that we have been doing for the last 100, 1,000 years and re-examine it, looking at it anew. We need to change down to the core, not just change a minor policy here or there. In this day in history, 1924, Congress granted citizenship to Native Americans born in the United States. They weren't citizens before that. They were natural inhabitants. They were born here. Granted citizenship of the United States government to Native Americans, 1924. The greatest destroyers of freedom are the givers of gifts, gratuities, and benefits. And we're not to pray to those men who call themselves benefactors, but exercise authority. So how do we take care of our widows and orphans, the needy of our society? Through pure religion, unspotted by the governments that men set up for themselves. You can't do that without a spiritual change in you. You won't even see it as important without a spiritual change in you. So I promised that we would talk about quantum mechanics. And I asked earlier, was there a God? Can you prove it? And I pointed out that the fact that there's a God should be self-evident, but evidently to some people who are full of vanity believe that they pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps to evolution. They evolve. They, create, they are self-creating. Major error in our thinking. We were created, but we are being recreated in another image. What is the difference between the devil and the good angels, the bad angels and the good angels? Very little. The bad angels are just missing certain characteristics. What's the difference between the color red and white light? just missing certain frequencies and you get a different color. You just take out certain frequencies 
and we get a different color. What's the difference between good and evil? Evil is just messy. Some of the characteristics of good. What is the difference between the truth and a lie? A lie has often, a really good lie has lots of truth in it. But it's missing something. So all those preachers out there preaching the gospel have failed to preach the gospel of the kingdom. They have claimed to be preaching the two commandments of Christ, love God and love thy neighbor as thyself, but in reality, they aren't preaching. If you were doing that, you would be keeping all the other nine, ten commandments. But if you're not doing that, you'll be keeping maybe eight commandments. Or maybe only seven. Or maybe only four or five. I don't know. Are you coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of government that you have made for yourself like the Israelites did when they elected Saul, the voice of the people elected Saul? That's where you've gone. And your churches say that's okay. Just send them time. So we have to go back. We have to go back the other way. Yeah, in order to go back, we have to admit we've gone the wrong way. And that the problems that we are now facing are not new problems. They're old problems because we've gone back and committed an old sin. We have become vain. And we need to repent. In other words, change direction. So I point out that God was not cruel in the Old Testament and a nice guy in the New Testament, that he's the same always. We just don't know what was going on in the Old Testament. We have lots of uh, audios and articles on what the Israelites were really doing with their living stone altars and their sacrifices, that the Levites were actually part of a social welfare system operated by titular leaders who took care of the needs of the people to a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. In other words, all taxes were voluntary, free will offering. And you gave them to the minister you thought was doing the best job. That was your, you elected to contribute to his ministry. And they took care of all the social welfare of their society, which bound their society together by faith, hope, and charity. Faith and freedom. You gave your neighbor the right to choose, and he gave you the right to choose, and you remained a free people under God, beating all comers. You were literally a nation, a band of brothers. But it's a long time since then. And that's why you have crime in your streets and crime in your government. Because you've lost control because you've been slothful. You need to repent and turn around and go the other way. Every science has for its basis a system of principles as fixed and unalterable as those by which the universe is regulated and governed. Man cannot make principles. He can only discover them. That's Thomas Paine. We reading a lot about Thomas Paine today. I've made several quotes um, of Thomas Paine. 
But the reality is the laws of physics, the laws of science, the laws of nature, all-inclusive, and nature's God are unchangeable. God is the same today as he was yesterday. Government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil and in its worst state an intolerable one. Someone I, I wrote me back and said that no, government is not a necessary evil. If it's evil, it's not necessary. Well, actually, government is necessary. Who's it necessary for? Governments are instituted to punish the wicked. Who institutes the government? The wicked. The wicked. The people were rejecting God when they elected Saul. And he told you you're going to end up with a, a, a military where they're going to draft your sons and daughters or they're going to take the best fruits, uh, first fruits of your labor, the best fruits of your and best fields, and it's going to be for them. It's all going to be about them. They're going to have power over you in every aspect of your life. That's what's going to happen when you reject God, that he should not reign over you, and then you elect somebody else to reign. Very simple concept, repeated both by Christ and in the Old Testament, witnesses, and they don't even mention it in churches today. They don't mention the weightier matters. They don't mention just weights and measures. Or an apostate church. You're singing. God doesn't even hear it. I will not hear you in that day. That's what he says. Go and cry unto the gods that you have chosen for yourself, because I will not hear you in that day. So now you have to go back and say, who is going to be my God? Who's going to rule over me? Am I going to keep the commandments? Am I going to love my neighbor or covet his goods? You say, well, I don't covet his goods. You send your kids to public school. Many of you do. Many of the ones listening here probably don't. And some of you say, well, I have to. I have to work, and I can't afford to keep the kids at home. I have limited resources. Why haven't you formed a congregation? There are people that could come together and make sure that you don't have to send your kids to public school. You should be out beating the brush trying to find people to gather with to help them not have to pray to the benefactors who exercise authority one over the other. Because if you won't help them, then you don't love them as much as you love yourself. If you want to go watch football, want to go have another second helping of dinner, instead of go out and find those people who might be willing to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and say, let's get together. No, but you want to have your ideologies, your ideas about Christ, and you skip the very basics. I mean, people say, what is the fundamental doctrines of our church? And you get all kinds of answers. Some say, oh, well, virgin birth, Jesus was God, he died in the cross for our sins. These are the fundamental doctrines. Why not keep the commandments? Why not forgive so that you may be forgiven? Why not give 
up your life so that you may have life more abundant. That's what Jesus is talking about. Not those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who do it the will of the Father. Why isn't that the fundamental doctrine? Faith without works is dead. Why is that not the fundamental doctrine? No, you want to believe in the virgin birth and Jesus is God. Sure not, that is irrelevant because you're not doing what he says and he's not even going to hear you. He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What was iniquity? Forming the government instead of obeying God. Rejecting God that he should not reign over you. You want to have Obama or Romney or the Queen which is an interesting point because on this day in history Queen Elizabeth II of Britain was crowned in Westminster Abbey 16 months after her father King George VI so it doesn't matter what country you're in Australia or or England, or Mozambique. You're either taking back your responsibilities or turning them over to the government to do it for you. Turning it over to the church to do it for you. You have to become an integral part of a society where you are the government. The state rests in the hands of every family. It is not centralized into the state. So, where do we go from here? Are we going to repent? Are we going to go around the other way? Government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil. In the worst state, an intolerable one. Thomas Jefferson said, It is error alone which needs the support of government. Truth can stand by itself. There is a God. He's the creator of all things. You were originally made in his image. You have been made in a lesser image. And you need to repent to get back to that real image. And I said we would talk about quantum mechanics, which is a branch of physics dealing with the physical phenomena, where the action is an order of the Planck's constant, which I'll talk about later. But, phenomena. Phenomena is those things that happen that don't fit what we thought was true. Quantum physics is beginning to suspect that there's a spiritual reality to mankind that we cannot see. Because most of quantum physics is dealing not with what we can see, but the evidence that there must be something there that we cannot see. Still rational, but one of the problems with the reason, if you don't have all the facts, you can't get the right answer. So you will not get the right answer. So you have to have faith. Reason is subject to faith. You have to have faith in the facts that you have are true and sufficiently complete to come to a rational conclusion. Ultimately, 
God is reasonable. But just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essenes, they came to different conclusions reading the same Torah about what it meant, what it was telling them to do. According to Planck, I said I would talk about Planck, each energy element, E, is proportional to its frequency, V. And there's a constant with the, you know, Planck's uh, relationship or Planck-Einstein Planck, uh, equation of E equals HV, E being energy, H being, uh, you don't have to memorize all this, but H being Planck's constant and V being frequency. Well, frequency is not really substance, but yet there must be some kind of substance to create frequency. I mean, your voice is the vibration of your larynx. And if you were in a vacuum with no air, the sound would not travel from your mouth to my ears because it can't travel through a vacuum. It needs that substance in order to pass through. But there are frequencies, there's waves. So there's, there's a lot going on here, and really we're not going to get into a whole science course and, and bore everybody to death. Um, but we're going to take a look at, uh, broadly speaking, Quantum mechanics incorporates four classes of phenomena for which classical physics cannot account. It cannot account because it can't see it. It's kind of like the spirit. You can't see it, or at least most of you can. <laughs> the fact is, if you live in the spirit, you will see things that are spiritual. But if you live in the physical, then that whole realm will become non-existent to you. It will still exist. It's kind of like those old uh, movies uh, about the invisible man where somebody trips over something they can't see. Hold that ghost, Abacus fellow. Can't see it, but it's having an effect. And that's what quantum mechanics is all about. They see the effect. Something's going on, but they don't know what it is, so they theorize about it. They get ideas about it. These four things are quantization, certain physical properties. Um, you see, in, in physics, quantization is the, this process of explaining the classical understanding of physical phenomenon in terms of a newer understanding known as quantum mechanics. So they... They, that's what they call quantization, is that they invented this quantum mechanics to explain what they can't explain with the normal laws of physics, which they could see. So uh, then there's the, the uh, secondary thing, which we'll go into, and, and we're going to relate all of this, rather than try to cram this in the last minute before the break, we're going to go through these four things, and then we're going to start equating this to spirituality. And hopefully, this will bring you into some sort of insight into the real path that you need to follow. Because the path is physical and spiritual. If you ain't dead yet, we'll be right back. 
Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. 559-781-3773. We're talking about quantum mechanics and keys to the kingdom. Or at least uh, we have to realize that quantum mechanics is a theory in which they're using concepts to describe what they don't understand, what they call phenomenon, what doesn't quite fit their physical laws based on what they can observe. Because they're observing that something's going on, but they can't see what it is. And part of that is very related. Everything in the universe, the spiritual existence of everything in the universe, has what we call physical representations. 
and we look at the laws of physics, we look at nature around us, and we are seeing evidence of the spirituality of all things and of mankind. In the reflective surfaces of the physical world we see around us. So quantum mechanics is noticing, and because of science is noticing, something's going on around us that we can't quite see the cause of, cause and effect, the reality of. They've got this quantum mechanics to deal with that, rather than simply saying spirituality. Spirit is actually has an essence and a fundamental essence. It has a power. It has an influence. You can't manipulate it from the physical world because it is an only essence. It is an original power. What came first, physical or the spiritual? Spiritual came first. Physical was formed in its image. And this is the creative influence of reality, which is based in spirit, not in the physical world. A lot to juggle around there. and But hopefully we're going to break through some ideological barriers and so that you get to see something that you cannot rationalize your way to a spiritual relationship with God. It's actually relationship. It's actually a connection. So anyway, I was saying that there were these four classes of phenomenon for which classical physics cannot account, and so they invented this quantum mechanics uh, to deal with it. And quantization is uh, this process of explaining classical understandings of physical phenomena in terms of this newer quantum mechanics. But they have another thing they call chemical quantization. Chemical. Sounds religious. Is the procedure of quanti uh, quantizing a classical theory while attempting to preserve the formal structure of the classical theories of physics. In other words, they don't want to let go of their religion. They have faith in the physical realm around them. So they have this canonical quantization where they're, they're hanging on to these originally um, rationalized laws of physics based on physical observation. But yet still something is going on and they can't quite explain it. So anyway, that's, that's one of the elements. The other one is wave-particle duality, which is really a cop-out in my opinion, but it says wave-particle duality uh, postulates that all particles exhibit both wave and particle properties. They can't really separate the concepts of particles and wave frequencies. They, so they call it this duality. A central concept of quantum mechanics is this the duality addresses the inability of classical concepts like particles and waves to fully describe the behavior of quantum scale objects. So this, this standard explains a paradox as a fundamental property of the universe. 
again, every time they come to something they can't explain, they just say, well, it's a phenomenon. So they can't, you can't say, well, oh, that's the spiritual realm in which we were originally created and made manifest in the physical realm which where we are to have dominion. We don't have dominion anymore because we've cut ourselves off from the spiritual realm. In other words, we died. We died. We ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and we died. We died to the spiritual realm which giveth life, the tree of life. We no longer have that access. And that's really where we want to get back to. But can we get back to that through witchcraft? Can we get back to, to that by changing the physical environment around us and taking us back to the spiritual reality of our creation? And re be remade in the image of God and have re-access to the tree of life. I mean, we've been redeemed. Why don't we have access to the tree of life? God was not caught off guard. We've abandoned the ways of Christ. We have to go back. So we'll bring this all together here. But let's go on to... Uh, they have another principle, which I, I love this one. It's called the uncertainty principle. <laughs> Is any a variety of mathematical inequalities asserting a fundamental limit on the precision with which certain pairs of physical properties of a particle, such as position uh, and momentum, can be simultaneously known? It sounds like guesswork to me. Uncertainty principle. You just don't know. You know, it's a shot in the dark. I mean, there. It's like mixing test tubes that you're not allowed to look in the tube <laughs> and see what you're actually mixing or what's in there. It's kind of one of these, I think, therefore I don't know, <laughs> concepts of modern science. They can't talk about spirituality. They can't talk about um, this unseen reality that is affecting our reality. They can see the evidence that something else is going on, but they can't. They can't admit it. It has to. They have to keep things in a physical realm because they're self-evolving. They, there isn't anything greater than us. We are it. We're the, the ultimate climax of our own creation. <laughs> and I think. I'm unreasonable because I believe in the spiritual realm, because I believe that there is a God. According to uh, the Broglie, uh, the I think I got the name right, hypothesis, every object in our universe is a wave. Every object in our universe is a wave. A wave, not an object. Oh, but duality. Remember that. Uh, what they call Born's Rule is a law of quantum mechanics which gives this probability uh, that a measurement on a quantum system will yield a given result. 
they they you know kind of assumed in this law, what they call Born's Law. Which brings us to the fourth element of this uh, uh, classical phenomenon. We're having a windstorm and dust storm here, and it's blowing doors around. <laughs> they have to close uh, a window here. Here we go. Yeah, you can't even see the mountains behind us anymore because the dust is so thick. Fortunately, we're not out in a tent or out on the desert. Uh, but anyway, this uh, the, the fourth thing is quantum entanglement, which is an interesting concept in itself. Um, so we've got this quantization where we we they use quantum mechanics to explain all the things that they can't explain by their normal physical laws. Uh, we have this wave-particle duality because we can't seem to separate the two concepts. Uh, we have this uncertainty principle, and then we have this Born's Law, which says everything's a wave, or at least uh, that's part of the conclusion of that. And uh, now we have this quantum entanglement where things seem to get enmeshed together. And, you know, all they're doing is they're inventing names for all the things that they can't explain in their physical test tube reality. There has to be something more than the physical realm. Physical entanglement, uh, what they say, occurs when particles such as uh, photons, electrons, molecules, and even what they call buckyballs, which is a, a whole interesting uh, structure of carbon in the color of kind of a buckyball because the way they draw it, it kind of looks like a soccer ball. Uh, even they say even small diamonds interact physically and then become separated. The type of interaction is such that each resulting member of a pair is properly described by the same quantum mechanic description, which is indefinite in terms of important factors in such as position, momentum, spin, and polarization. Uh, they, they actually also talk about Buck, uh, Minister Fullerene, uh which is the largest of these matters that have been shown to exhibit wave and particle duality. You're, you're, you have a wave and particle duality. <laughs> you have a body, a physical body. But you also, since if we go back there, everything in the universe is a wave, you also have a wave, a frequency we use the term frequency, but a wave uh, existence. Well, wave frequency, that sounds like harmony. Okay, now let's go into the realm of the Bible again. and It talks about the 144,000 having to learn a song. Well, a song is a frequency. It's waveforms. It's these concepts of 
non-particle existence. But, again, we're talking the duality and the quantum, so that the particle and the wave are together in a relationship-type basis. So, what if the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, that only the 144,000 learn how to sing, is simply bringing the physical and the spiritual or wave existence, the duality of life that we have. Because I can guarantee that when you die, your frequency changes. <laughs> you, I mean, flies notice it almost immediately. <laughs> your, your body is giving off different frequencies when you're dead, when you separate the spiritual from the physical. Something's taking place, we call it death. Now, where the spiritual goes, we hypothesize that for eternity, but the physical and the spiritual are separated. But when they're together, which one has the greater authority? Which one has the greater power? The physical? For your spiritual. Now, Paul talks about this. He talks about the flesh and the spirit. And he talks about the products of the flesh. He has a big long list of what we would look at as vices. Remembering vice, like what we were talking about before, good and evil. Good and evil are the same, except for evil is missing something of the good. A lie and the truth are exactly the same, except the lie is missing something of the truth. We equate it with light and darkness, hot and cold. Cold is the absence of heat. Darkness is the absence of light. And evil is the absence of some good. Where you can have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof, that would be evil. That would be iniquity. It's like, go and preach the half a gospel of the kingdom. Go and preach some of the truth. No, we're supposed to preach the whole truth and provide for it. The truth is we've gone away from that. Now, if we start going back, what's going to happen? Your faith is not going to be dead. Your waveform and your particle form are going to come into a duality. You will be changed physically. But you have to show faith in the journey. Though he may slay me, I shall serve him. I always attributed that to Joshua, and I've been reminded a couple of times now that that's in Joe. <laughs> no, not that part. Uh, actually, I was thinking of... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I, I think it is that part. Okay. <laughs> Uh, if Joshua would say, choose this day, who you will serve. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. But um, anyway, uh, I was distracted by this windstorm outside, which is rather ferocious. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we have a concept of spirituality to our journey. 
And again, I've mentioned witchcraft. And, you know, witchcraft is where you think, and I don't want to pick on poor witches and covens, but uh, the concept of when we see the, the phrase referenced in the Bible is that somehow or other, by changing the physical realm, spiritual realm is going to line up. In other words, you get into heaven by works. You do this, do this, do this, and then now you will be in heaven you will bring the spiritual reality of God in conjunction with your own physical existence. And God will live in you. Christ will live in you. You can't do that. Now, the reality is that the Holy Spirit lifts is what it will, so it's going to come into you whether you, uh, no matter what you do physically, except for the fact that you will see certain fruits of your actions lining up. So while I talk about works a great deal, the reason I talk about it is so that you will know you're off the track. If you're covering your neighbor's goods, if you're praying to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority, you're off the track. You're not heading toward the kingdom. You're not developing that duality of spirit and flesh. Well, the flesh is subject to the spirit. Your spirit is still subject to the flesh, and therefore it's just your spirit and not the Holy Spirit. You must become compatible with the Holy Spirit. You must become compatible. And the reason we have the laws, the Ten Commandments, the guideposts, is to show you when you strayed from the path, the way. And, you know, if you're committing adultery, why are you doing that? It's because you've gone out of the way. And so we're seeing evidence of your spirituality in the actions you do. Now, it's not so much important that I see your actions. It's important that you see them. So I wrote the book Covenants of the God. Whole book, 15 chapters to talk about the contractual nature of government. And a lot of people interpret that to mean that I'm talking about get rid of the contract. You know, what I'm talking about is what in you led you to think that those were okay. I remember when my dad was teaching me how to drive a car, and I asked him, why do you need a driver's license? And he actually overreacted to that question because there was an element in him that understood the legal system. When I asked him why he became an attorney, he said he got in the wrong line of college. I think he had a genuine desire for righteousness, to, to, to tend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith, according to the words of Christ. And he knew that because when he became a lawyer and followed that path, that he's actually betraying that original desire. But he didn't know what the alternative was. He struggled with that. And he had to make a living for his family. He learned to be a, a good lawyer. He quit the law numerous times. But that's what he learned, and so that's the realm. And he tried to bring justice and righteousness to the cases that he dealt with in a realm that really wasn't interested in justice. 
And this is one of the reasons he quit is that often was interested in money more than justice, and he just couldn't be a part of some of the shenanigans to get old boy activity down in Texas. And he had to, you know, just uproot his family and leave to get out of it. He didn't want to be a part of the criminal element of the practice of law. It's, it's kind of an oxymoron. You want to talk about paradoxes, there you go. So, you know, he, you know, he, he understood that my question, why do you need a license to drive? He understood that it was deeper. And he, he kind of answered it part way. And then later on when I got married, I said, well, okay, I understand when you get a license to drive, supposedly to protect people from irresponsible drivers, which is not really true, but uh, it's about subjection of people. But, and there is a lot of irresponsible people out there because of the fact that they haven't, they've been lawful. They should get a driver's license. They shouldn't, they, you know, that government is there to punish the wicked, and they're the wicked because they haven't been seeking the kingdom. They haven't been seeking the righteousness of Christ. They haven't been doing what Christ said. They should go get a driver's license to operate a vehicle that they don't even own. They only have legal title to, and it's all gone through in the, uh, chapter by chapter in Covenants of the God. They don't own their car. They don't own their right to work. They should be regulated because they've been absolutely lawful and irresponsible. Now, if they want to repent and return back to the ways of the Father, let's start with turning around and going the other direction. Let's not start with like you're a free man. If most of you haven't been responsible enough to even consider yourself a free man. But anyway, I ask why you have to get a license to get married. Well, of course, that's the first chapter of the book, Covenants of the God. It's because you're a ward of the courts. You're a ward of the state. You're a subject because you haven't been, what I said before, exercising your responsibilities. You've been thoughtful. So you have to ask permission to get married to one of the state's daughters. And you have to fill out the paperwork so that they know that we have to take care of you and take care of your children and provide you with public school education. And so anyway, they've gotten around to having a mark that you have to get a number where you can't get public school, you can't get benefits, you can't get bank accounts, you can't get this, you can't get that because you're not one of our children. You've got a number. And we call that the mark of the beast. Most people call it a social security number. What are they going to promise you? The great flowing words, they're going to promise you security. But they're going to deliver you into bondage. They're going to do your covetousness. They're going to make you a human resource. So that's where you've gone, and you've gone that way because you've been missing one or more of the characteristics of Christ. I am the light. I am the what kind of light? Pure light. I am the white light of the Father. I and the Father are one. You're missing some of the characteristics of Christ. One of those characteristics is, have you come to join with us to serve others or to be served? We'll tell you more about the key to the kingdom. 
when we returned. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at libertyradiolive.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all the First Amendment Rights Media Group programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you can request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $20. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You can do all this online at LibertyRadioLive.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at the First Amendment Rights Media Group. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Because you love the truth, LibertyRadioLive.com. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> I must have muted it because of noises. <laughs> yeah, and Claude um, got sound, and then you're muted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, a couple of announcements. We're having a fall festival uh, this uh, fall, <laughs> and... Uh, last uh, week of September, first week of October. And we're going to try to make it as big a deal as we can. If you have any talent or skills that you want to come and share with us, uh, please let us know on the network. Uh, best website to go to is hisolichurch.org. Join the network and say you want to come to the fall festival, you want to add something, you want to come to serve, not be served, which is what we were talking about in the show earlier. Is that the characteristic of Christ? You know, you don't go to church because you want to feel good. You don't want to go to church because you want to be uplifted. You want to go to church because you want to uplift others. You want to 
strengthen others. You want to awaken others. And if you really want to go to church, stop going to the buildings and start going out and reaching out to others. We've looked at a number of different things we're actually going to have a guest on next week, uh, who evidently I've met at one time <laughs> in the past, how I am at And I've been blowing that over. I kind of think I remember the guy, uh, but I met so many people over the years. Uh, and I think he's an Oregonian. Uh, I think he lives in Oregon. And uh, he's going to be a guest on our show, and I assume that eventually I'll be a guest on his show. Uh, we also had uh, uh, Coach Dave uh, a week or so ago, and uh, we'll be a guest on his show eventually. And uh, we're going to keep up the guests. So if you have somebody that you think ought to be a guest, on the show, get hold of the network and let your PPMs know because they work together to make that happen. And uh, we'll get more guests on our show and we'll be guests on other people's show and we'll build more and more network. Uh, also looking at a lot of the people who are guest speakers at Libertopia. Libertopia, uh, am I getting it right? Uh, yeah, libertopia.org. Uh, they had a big, uh, expensive event, but they have guys like uh, Stefan uh, Milliner, I believe is the way you pronounce his name, and uh, a lot of other people who are the guest speakers at their deal, uh, Anthony Gregory, uh, um, trying to look at some of the ones that I might even know. Um, and, of course, uh, Larkin Rose and... Uh, other guys are speaking. One of the peculiar things, why why haven't they invited us? Well, they don't know about us, at least the people who organize it. Uh, I looked at the websites of a lot of the, their guest speakers and what they have accomplished and what they have done. And really, they're, they haven't really done that much, but they got lots of speakers coming. It's like $375 at the door, uh, and it's two or three days. And it's talking a great deal about kingdom principles, kingdom concepts. I'm sure they'll talk about a lot of things that are not kingdom-oriented, but these are not necessarily religious groups or religious background people, but they're beginning to see the ways of God, the ways of this voluntary government where all the taxes are free will offerings. And they're saying, we like that idea. But they don't equate it with Christ because of all the false Christians that are out there, the apostate churches that are out there. Christians are giving Christ a bad name because they're full of ideas and ideologies that are really not more than, much more than idolatry. They're not really doing what Christ said. But they got all these tenets of faith, beliefs, concepts, uh, eschatology, religion in the sense, not in the pure sense of religion. They don't do that. Churches aren't taking care of the media of their society in an efficient, well-attended daily ministration. It is, you know, good charity here and there because it makes them feel good. And we have to get away from that 
and start seeing what the kingdom really looks like and start being that. And every time we catch ourselves not being that kingdom, in other words, not keeping the commandment of loving God and loving thy neighbor as thyself, we know we're off the track. And we can go into our prayer closets, go and search our hearts, and change our way and allow our way to be changed. There's no trick to it. You can't get to heaven simply by what you choose to do. It's mostly be willing to bow down and accept the authority of the Holy Spirit in your life. And all the intellectual stuff that we talk about in the book Covenants of the God or Thy Kingdom Come, even the Free Church Report, is this simply showing you how far off the track you are? It's up to you to turn around and get back on track and form that one form of government that operates on faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty that provides for the needy of its society unspotted from the world that is not dependent upon a covetous heart in order to provide the benefit of a godly society. Because the church today is an ungodly church. It's not following in the ways of God. So anyway, we're going to have that fall festival. If you have a skill and you want to share it with us and share it with others who will be there, get a hold of us and start building that network. If you have guests that you want to have on here and here, uh, you know, let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's see if we can't get that set up. If you um, want to call in in the second half of the show and uh, ask some questions, I'll give you the number. You got a pen and pencil because there's a lot more than just a few numbers. You got to remember, it's five five nine seven two six thirteen hundred. Five five nine seven two six thirteen hundred, and the you have to type in a code number seven nine five one three two. And if you have a question, you have to push star six, which is unusual. Usually, star six is muting, but in this case, it's it's raising your hand, and we'll see if we can get your question on the air. Um, I'm not going to be here on June 23rd, but we're going to try to put together uh, some sort of symposium of hosts who will keep you updated on the activities of the network and what they're doing and what you could be doing, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. I don't know all what they'll say, but we'll try to put together a, a couple of people uh, to keep you updated on all the different parts of the network. And you have, you know, networking works when you work at networking, so you have to become a part of that. You can't just join some email group and say, all right, well, there, I did it, I joined the email group. You actually have to start making connections on a local basis. And we're not going to have all the frills and the big screen TVs at regular churches where, you know, we will have uh, social events too, but the key thing is, is that we have to get down to business. You have to come to church with your sleeves rolled up and ready to work. Uh, 
so back to this idea of quantum mechanics, there's something going on in the universe, and physicists are beginning to see it. They start playing around with ideas of duality, of wave and particles, and and that these things interact and related. And, and I was going to put uh, Paul, our co-host, whose voice you heard instead of mine <laughs> at the beginning of this section because I was still muted. Um, he was telling me about something when I was visiting back there in Wisconsin in the Kamawa, uh that he was involved with, which was very interesting. It's part of this idea of quantum mechanics, where they see the evidence of something that shouldn't be the case, and yet there it is. They can't deny that. They can't say that there's a spirituality to the universe, because then they wouldn't be self-evolving. So they have to put it somewhere else, and yet they don't know what to do with it. And I tell you that you will see miracles if you live long enough, but you need to have faith to move in the direction that Christ taught us about, that Moses taught us about, that Abraham taught us about, because it's written in your heart to move in that direction. But anyway, with that, um, Paul, can, I know you're watching the switchboard, and I assume maybe you can try and watch the chat room. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about that random number phenomena that yeah, you were telling sure. me about? Well, basically, it does get into the, the quantum mechanics a little bit. And here's how you can explain it. So you go to your stereo, yeah, stereo, your sound system, whatever it is, and just push the button for something that's off, like turn your CD player off and push the CD button and crank the volume way up, you'll hear a hiss. You can always hear this hiss when you have the semiconductor, uh, you know, transistor sort of radio. And that's, they call that quantum noise, that hiss. And it's a hiss, it sounds like, it, they call that white noise because there's not really any structure to it, or so it seems. So some people... uh wondered if that was truly the case. Is there no structure? Is there no way to influence that structure or, or to, you know, um, is where does it come from? So they started doing uh, checks on it. And at the same time, some people were coming up with, hey, the, the idea that this, this noise is a good producer of truly random numbers, which is important for uh, certain mathematical fields like cri cryptography and um, so they said, since we got computers which are full of semiconductors and generating all kinds of noise, let's uh, turn those into numbers and use them for crypto cryptography. Well, the merging of these ideas took place and said, all right, let's uh, look at these random, with uh, quotes in the air, numbers, and see if there is any pattern to them. And more than that, when they started seeing... Uh, a correlation or a pattern that could be discerned from them, you know, a trending of the random numbers that wasn't truly random, what affected it? What caused it? And someone came up with the idea that what about human consciousness? You know, are the people on the earth affecting the random numbers around them? Or these random number, you can almost call them sensors. They just are peeking into the noise and putting it into digital data 
and hopefully I'm not losing anyone on this, but where, <laughs> where it comes down to is um, let's correlate these with um, important events, catastrophic catastrophic events like earthquakes. Let's let's measure it at the time of an earthquake and see if there's a pattern. Let's measure it at a time of great sadness or a political election or some consciousness changing or consciousness bringing together events. And what you find out when you do that is that this uh, noise is is uh, influenced by these events. And the theory is that the human consciousness, when they're all focusing towards the same direction, can actually affect them in a noticeable way. And as they've stacked up these events over time, they've come to an undeniable probability that this is actually happening. Right. Yeah. When you say uh, uh, you were mentioning off uh, like a sad event or a political election, I thought of the old joke. Uh, well, wait. I repeat myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they don't know it's a sad event. <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, so basically, what you're saying is that. You know, people who've done a little bit of programming and computers know that there's a random number generator in uh, code in in computer software, but it, that's really not a random uh, number generator. It's just it's actually based on mathematical generation. But what you're saying is that they're actually taking this white background noise that they thought was just uh, you know, it may be reaching into the quantum level of uh, just random, literally random, and uh, using it to generate numbers. And so you would get a certain pattern, and they noticed that the emotional state of society affected the white noise background. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm and therefore affected the generation of numbers. They would be, I don't know, they're supposed to be so many odd numbers, so many even numbers. I guess there's different ways, maybe high numbers, low numbers. Uh, somehow or other, it was affecting the generation of those numbers. There's mathematical ways to measure randomness. And right. It sounds kind of funny. But uh, when you find out that some, it's easier to say something is not random by these measurements. And that's what they were finding. They said there are certain times where um, the random features of this would actually decrease and there was a trend involved. And then they started correlating these times to, you know, <clears throat> the uh, emotional events like I was talking about. And it's interesting because they categorize these events too. They're like earthquakes where you would think there would be a, a large trend. They're actually almost opposite. So the... Uh, natural disasters or natural phenomenon kind of affect things in the opposite way of, say, one of the, one of the things they measured was back in 9-11. Well, they did a lot of measurements around 9-11, but there were a number of, there was a uh, an event, it was a nationwide concert, I think it was uh, just a number of people, musicians getting together to perform for the nation. It was on all the TV channels, and a lot of people were watching it, so they did a test during that, and they saw a big positive trend towards towards 
non-randomness, and earthquakes yeah. kind of go the other way. So, uh, in earthquakes, you actually have more random? Is that, you mean, like more chaos, uh, so to speak? Um, it, it almost seems that way, too. Well, what you... Yeah, it depends how you look at the measurements, and it gets very technical, and I don't want to go into that right now, but they do kind of diverge differently depending on this, the type of event going on. And so uh, one of the amazing things about this is that there is something going on that, according to normal physical science, should not be going on. I mean, this is this is reaching into the realm of the ESP, you know, the collective consciousness uh that somehow when everybody's thinking about a certain thing that it's affecting the physical environment around us. And that's not supposed to be, you know, because we're supposed to be all just simply physical uh, chemicals in a test tube evolving out of primordial wine. <laughs> and uh, many of the people that are... Uh, Opponents to uh, the idea of a uh, God and, and spirit and and these other things don't like the idea that it's funny that they actually play two sides of this. You know, a lot of them uh, don't like the idea of Christianity, don't like the idea of God uh, of the Bible, but then they also get all involved in um, New Age concepts and thought processes, a self-help kind of approach to uh, uh, some sort of spirituality. People are exploring all kinds of different things uh, in the realm of uh, the spiritual because they find the Christian churches so impotent, uh, so without uh, merit and purpose, and uh, kind of, uh, I guess, like... Uh, was it Karl Marx who said religion is the opiate of the people? And what is posing as religion today, not pure religion of the, uh, the early Christians, but what's posing as religion today is an opiate of the people. And they have mistaken spirituality uh, or mistaken uh, emotionalism for spirituality that they... Uh, they, they're not really engaging in the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of Christ, but they're engaging in a spirit of emotionalism and, uh, and feelings and uh, gotten away from that. But according to this study that you were involved in uh, to some degree in explaining, there, there really is something of a quantum or spiritual or... Uh, psychic uh, level that is actually going on in society based on what everybody's thinking. Well, it's funny that you mentioned psychic because really, I mean, it's still trying to emerge in the scientific realm. However, the only place that anyone can get any traction with it is if they get into parapsychology, which automatically brands it as far out. Yeah, pseudoscience or something. You know. Yeah. But they do, I mean, the people that were analyzing this are using very strict mathematical standards and methodology and uh, proofs, if you will. Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, you know, it's kind of, I always remember that Einstein, when he first came up with his 
concepts or theories of relativity or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he tried to explain the idea to people, and people poo-pooed him, and they thought he was nuts, and uh, he wouldn't get anywhere. And he actually had to go back and study his math and prove it mathematically because, or prove what, you know, some of it mathematically, and his theories are, you know, not written in stone either. There's been a lot of revision of his theories, but he saw certain things that others didn't see, but he went and did the math after he saw it, not before. He did not come to the conclusion through the mathematics. He saw the relation. It was self-evident to him. And then, in order for other people to understand it, they had to go and prove it mathematically. Uh, he really wasn't very good at math when he was a student. <laughs> so he had to go back and kind of relearn some of those things. That's which is really his, his achievement is to reduce his theories down to a point where people who can't understand anything but mathematics could actually have something they could grasp. And that's kind of what this is doing is it's showing that something's going on here that is undeniable, statistically speaking, according to mathematical uh, calculations. But nobody can quite explain what it is. And, uh, of course, that's kind of what my point of this whole theory of quantum mechanics and what I, I thought was a interesting uh, uh, paraphrase of mechanical quantization. <laughs> In other words, we're going to allow you to use quantum mechanics, but you can't let go of the old faith. <laughs> which is the problem that we're constantly dealing with when we show that the, uh, the at the time of Christ, huge religious bodies believed that the altars of stone were actually living altars of men, and it was simply a social welfare system that bound society together through faith, hope, and charity, and the leaders were titular, the taxes were voluntary, and was virtually not only a republic, but an anarchical republic, where the state was in the hands of the individual. When you, you jump that far, people, even with all the proof that we have in the books, if people actually even read them, people don't want to go there unless they can bring their canonical physics or religion along with them. And so they, they bring these eschatologies and theories about religion, which are private interpretations of the old religions, to modern, uh, to, to the Christianity that we're talking about, which is the Christianity of Christ. So they're trying to get, you know, they, they will take a look at some of what we're talking about but they want to bring their old canonical ideas and ideologies along with them. And uh, and so that's one of the reasons why I thought that that particular phenomenon was kind of fascinating me about this uh, fact that something's going on in a collective consciousness of the people that's actually having a physical change. Because that white noise is, you know, it's waveforms, but it's, Part of the physics of our uh, of our realm, 
and it's being affected by something that, according to science, normally can't be affected by that. So but anyway, I just... It ahead. becomes a little more interesting, too, when, you know, we've taken the abstract and saying that collective consciousness over uh, emotional events can affect these, but then you take it down to a more personal level. If you have uh, one of these devices, these sensors, if you will, and do some limited group or even individual focus on trying to affect it, you do see results that way, too. So there's definitely a link between the uh, human spirit, if you will, or human consciousness, or however we want to term it, um, I think uh, the scientific community, like you said, stays away from spirit. But there's a link there to affect these things, and people are just now starting to discover it. Right, and uh, yeah, that's what the, the, the more science, you know, there was a huge uh, movement away from anything, you know, uh, spiritual or references to God, but the more science is now looking into the finite, uh, minute details of a single cell, uh, they are beginning to realize that, uh, mathematically, this is not the pro product of random chemical evolution, that there has to be, and it becomes self-evident the more they see the complexities of the interrelation and reaction of the, within a single cell, that there has to be a cosmic intelligence that's creating this reality because we're down to, you know, the, in the deep being down with DNA is just simply zipping together chemicals in a particular mathematical pattern. And it's just absolutely amazing that it even works at all. There has to be something additional that makes everything work. And so anyway, to, to others, this is already self-evident. And I believe that there's a spiritual realm in which we begin to have access to this, uh, not so much the collective consciousness, but uh, which is often more of a collective unconsciousness, uh, but actually connected to the mind of Christ. They, they talk about the mind of Christ. This, uh, And when you become connected to that, you can be remade in another image. Patience isn't something you try to be, you just are. And uh, you, you become subject to a bigger picture of reality, so to speak, uh, and less subject to the physical reality around us. You know, the old Irish saying, if you can keep your head while everybody else is losing theirs, you probably don't know what's going on. The reality is, when you really know what's going on, you don't lose your head when everybody else is losing theirs. You don't get confused. But anyway... When we get back, we'll see if we have any callers, we'll see if we have any uh, action going on in the chat room, and see if we can uh, finish up this topic and see where we go from here.
Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Let our motto be, don't tread on me. LibertyRadioLive.com The Greatest Prophecy DVD Did you ever wonder about the virgin birth? Know somehow that it must be true, but never really understood what it was all about? Perhaps you have faith in Messiah, but cannot quite believe in a virgin birth. Why is it an integral part of faith in Messiah, and why would biblical faith in Messiah be worthless without it? These questions and many more can be discovered by seeing The Greatest Prophecy DVD. The first chapter, for which the DVD was named, is a precise explanation of these mysteries. After seeing chapter 1, you will no longer have any doubt as to why belief in the virgin birth is indispensable to faith in Messiah and why it is indeed the greatest prophecy of the entire Bible. We will send you the Greatest Prophecy DVD, the booklet, What Year Is It?, and a copy of Richard Bennett's groundbreaking work, The Inquisition, for a mere $5 shipping and handling cost. Any donation above that amount is appreciated. Send your $5 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, T-U-L-A-R-E, Tulare Avenue, in Tulare, California, 93274. Again, send your cash support donation to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, California, 93274. Or see the shopping page at FirstAmendmentRadio.com to send a check or money order. We are grateful to the Almighty for your support. The Greatest Prophecy DVD Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government takeover of the church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Welcome back to Kings of the Kingdom, and if you do have a question you want to call in and ask a question, um, the number to call is 559-726-726-1300, and you have to type in the code, 795-132, 795-132, and then push star 6 to raise your hand, or you can listen to the program that way as well. Um, again, we're going to have uh, the Fall Festival. If you want to contribute, to be a part of that, it'd be great. Get on the network, tell us what you got, and we'll start making arrangements accordingly. 
Uh, also, uh, we will have a guest next week. Uh, Hal Anthony. Actually, I'm supposedly going to be on another show tonight at 9:30. All which will tell you that on the network. I guess uh, we were kind of let down <laughs> last time. Had technical difficulties. Uh, but it's on another radio station, and of course I'll be on Freemizer this afternoon. If you have guests that you think would be good to have on this show, if you have questions, if you want to challenge us, um, you have uh, the opportunity to do so. Uh, we're on every week, uh, and it's very important that people start getting active, not being slothful, uh, to start participating in something that is part of that original gospel of the kingdom. Everybody should be trying to establish congregations of record. People balk at that. Oh, what, why do I have to be in a congregation of record? Because the church was extremely well organized. It always was well organized. It was well organized when it was under the authority of Moses well-organized was under the authority of Abraham. Like I said, overnight, they were able to muster whole armies of people to defend against uh, uh, enemies as well as uh, natural disasters, famines, plagues, uh, dearths in the land as we see in the New Testament in, in 6. They were able to muster the support immediately and get it to where it was needed efficiently. The union and discipline of those Christians was based on the fact that they took the responsibility of being a government of the people for the people and by the people. If you want to be a part of that, you have to work at it. Don't let your ideologies and eschatologies get in the way of doing what Jesus said is a doer of the word, tending to those weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Everybody wants to develop an eschatology that they worship they literally worship these. And this is where you get denominationalism. There's one denomination, and that's Christ. That's why our official doctrine here, which everybody kept wanting a doctrine, is based on Christ's words only. If he didn't say it, it's not his doctrine. Because his doctrine is what he taught. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't believe these other things or can't add to your understanding, but if it's going to be his church, it has to be his doctrine. If it was important for you to know, he told you. And, and yeah, you can add to that, but if you are supplanting what he told you with what other men told you about him, you're missing it. You're getting lost. You're being distracted away. He told you what you need to do. Keep the commandments. Come together. Uh, love one another. Forgive one another. Maybe everybody's not going to see what you see right now. Maybe they'll see it later. But are you doing what the Father said? Are you being the government of God? That's where the question is. Because if you're not, your faith is a lie. It's impotent. It's an apostasy. Because this nation would not be in the problems that it's in. This world would not be in the problems that it was in if everybody who said they were a Christian were really a Christian. 
everybody who said they were following Christ were really doing what Christ said. But they're not. And that's why you're in the mess that you're in. It's not the government's fault. It's not the leader's fault. It's your fault. Because you haven't been diligent. So anyway, uh, what do we talk about for the rest of the half hour? I don't hear the phone ringing off the hook. Well, uh, Mark in the chat room thinks that you should have the Illinois congressman who blew up in, in session <laughs> the show. So that would be an interesting show. He's got some good suggestions. Thinks we should. Yeah, I, I actually downloaded that video. I'm very slow to download videos, but it's very short. Uh, yeah, the guy's got to get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to come on the show, uh, set it up. Uh, love to have him. Uh, you know, if anybody who's listened to some of the guests that we've had on the show, uh, uh, Clint Richardson and uh, Alfred Adesk, they were all surprised. Uh, and I think they learned something. Uh, they, you know, it's kind of like uh, interviews with uh, Ron Paul. <laughs> Ron Paul was interviewed by everybody from Google to what have you, because he'll go anywhere. And they, they constantly were hearing, he says, it's always an education to have you on the show. Because <laughs> he actually tells you something, as opposed to all the other politicians who usually uh, just feed you a lie. <laughs> so, yeah, if uh, anybody wants to get a hold of Congressman, ask him if he wants to be on the show, great. Uh, we'll have him on. And that's what we're going to do is we're going to leave it to the network to arrange the guests. We have a calendar now, so as soon as – and I I think I have it posted as to next week's guest. You can post up on that calendar base, you know, add it to a particular uh, show uh, where it's either going to change everything or just that particular show. And uh, so different, uh, you know, so I think I've added the name. I don't know. I should go back and check it. I was in a big rush. I'm always in a big rush. You in a rush? Huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm getting, you know, if you get up at 5, uh, I'm I'm pretty tired by 1 or 2 o'clock. <laughs> time for a nap. Yeah, time for a nap. Well, we've had some really hot days, and so that's actually what we did is uh, a lot of us would take a, or some of us can take a break around uh, and then go out for another five, six, seven hours afterwards. A siesta. Yeah, siesta time. But uh, today is going to be hot. Oh, windy. Yeah, it's windy. Yeah, you can actually see, see the mountains a little bit now. It's one of those temporary storms that came through. There's a comment but, uh, in the chat room. It says, Brother so, Gregory, you want me to read it? Sure. Part of the problem is translating these concepts of the kingdom into the language of other belief systems. Closely related, certain words, church, religion, Christ, are trigger words in these belief systems and bring logic to a sudden stop. <laughs> yeah. I have to agree with that. <laughs> uh, experience that, huh? Yeah, the, you know, when I first started uh, to rethink this, you know, I studied in, in church and, and theology and, and eschatology for years, and it got to the point where I was so disappointed between what they were saying and what they were doing that 
I couldn't even use the word church. And like I pointed out, their original website was saying things like ecclesia uh, because the church has such a bad taste because it's so filled with apostasy. So that's, that is one of our burdens because I believe that that even though I'm seeing in some of these other groups certain kingdom tracks like the Libertopia people uh, who are really emphasizing things like homeschooling and things like that and alternative health and things like that, which are all going to be essential because you're not going to be able to depend upon the, the government systems and you shouldn't have been to begin with. But uh, they don't want to have anything to do with church. And this is what was kind of seen with the guests is, you know, right away at death says, you know, well, you, you talk more about the spiritual things rather than the physical. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, the guy's show I'm going to be on tonight, um, uh, Gregory Anthony Zemanski, if I get that name right, uh, he... Uh, that's supposedly going to be on. And I haven't been advertising it. I figure we'll advertise it after the fact if it actually happens. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's really gotten over the years that he writes for News of the UC, he's gotten down on religion because there's so much apostasy in the modern church. And so I'm sure he'll find it refreshing uh, to, uh, you know, to hear what we have to say if we actually get on this season. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's a real problem to overcome because when you say church, everybody's brain just goes off into this never never land concept. And Christ was talking about real social reform. I mean, this is a huge change. And once you understand a little bit of the history that the Corbin was a social security system. And if you got the baptism of Christ instead of the baptism of Herod, you were cast out of that social welfare system. You were literally opting out of one system and entering another system based on faith, hope, and charity when you got baptized. Today, people are just all wet. They're not getting baptized in the name of Christ. Uh, did, 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 were you saying something? Did I, I just say laughed, but... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely correct in that uh, I, I think it's so helpful when you can put some of these terms that people have turned into, or churches have turned into mystical, uh, misunderstood terms and bring them back to reality. Yeah, and, and the, that is kind of our burden. We have to use the word church. Uh, we have to use the word baptism. But we define what the, this word church means, what this word baptism, what the word marriage. I mean, like I have the article, Holy Matrimony versus Marriage. Uh, I mean, you have to, I, I make, you know, I have one article, Citizen versus Citizen. There isn't another word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, here Paul's using Greek terms uh, to deal specifically polytume, the affairs of state. Is what he's doing. Citizenship, what he's doing. Our convert, they translate a conversation. Uh, they're talking about the job of government. The church was a government. It's one form of government, and all the other governments of the world are the other form of government. The more you're dependent on them, the more in bondage you are. The less dependent upon them, 
and the more dependent you are on a free will system, the freer you will become. It will change you quantumly, spiritually, when you try to walk that road. You will begin, you will have to begin to harmonize with Christ. Because you will have to forgive others. That's why coming together in a congregation, coming together in a congregation, this guy's going to bring this belief, this guy's going to bring this preconceived notion, and, he's gonna, and this one's going to bring this one, and they're going to have to work together, despite their uh, eschatology. They're going to have to do what Christ said. And they're going to have to forgive him for not believing exactly the way that you do. See, people go to church because they want to get together with a bunch of other guys in a mutual back-scratching society. That's not what Christ was preaching. You have, you're going to have conflict. You're going to love each other the wrong way. But you need to be willing and ready to hear the truth. We just had the fellow that was uh, on the group and was soliciting funds for somebody that we don't even know. Um, and that's not what the group's for. That's what the congregations are for. Oh, but I don't want to be a part of a congregation. But that's the condition of the group. You know, oh, you bring in all your doctrines. There's no doctrine. The rule is, on these groups, no soliciting, no farming emails. The purpose of these groups is to form uh, groups and eventually congregations of record. Why of record? Because if you have a minister who is the minister of ten families, and he's gathered together with nine other ministers like himself, they got to know who they're gathered together with. They got to have this is, go on record. I'm with this minister. And this minister's with these nine ministers. And they pick this minister. That's a matter of record. You're establishing everything by witnesses. For what purpose? So that we can tend to the daily administration. You can't do that without the character of Christ. You will not be able to do that without the character of Christ. So every time you fall short of that, which is right now, every day, <laughs> we know we have some more repenting to do. <laughs> and, a hand uh, raised. Oh, we have a hand raised. Yeah. Hello, you're on the air. Thank you. Um, Brother Gregory, I've just gotten back on. I was... I was called and I wound up off and, and back on, so I missed some of what you were saying before. But I was thinking about this. We are so accustomed to not paying attention to our agreements and what they mean that whenever we come on these groups, we don't pay attention to what we're agreeing to to come on them. And so right. the the father wants his children to learn to honor our agreements. And we can't do that till we know what we've honored, what we've agreed to. And when right. somebody when somebody points to points out to us that we agreed to something and we didn't realize we did it, rather than getting all offended, we need to say, Well, thank you. I'm sorry I didn't read all the terms or I didn't remember all the terms and please forgive me, I want to try again. Or and I don't want to try it. And this we're too ready much. and anxious to forgive them. And that's why we write it out to say, well, you know, that's why I point out. This 
that wasn't, you know, I didn't go and slip a new rule and I thought <laughs> that was there from the beginning. Uh, that you're not supposed to be soliciting, that you're not supposed to be farming emails. And it's already come to my attention that the individual is farming emails. Uh, because when he sent out his little private email, I got like four or five copies of it because I'm on several groups, several ways. <laughs> So that's what. And certainly, I'm on his private emailing group to, to numerous people. Well, you know that really, to some degree, that's not etiquette anywhere on the net. That you just go out and gather people's emails and start spamming them with what you think is important. That's very self-righteous, and uh, you know some of them might not mind it, but others do. And I happened to have seen an email by someone who said, please take me off your group. And he was belligerent about it. He took them off, but he was defaming and uh, ridiculing the individual who asked to be taken off. Like he was some kind of a bad guy because he wasn't listening to him. He didn't hold him up as this, you know, very self-absorbed. But you're right. We need to... Honor our agreements. Try to, you know, my kids have grown up with me for years, and I get this part from my dad. They would ask, are we going to do this on Saturday? Are we going to go here on the weekend? Or, uh, and I said, well, I can't promise. I wouldn't promise. Because then I would have to keep my promise. I couldn't guarantee it. Well, that's what we're thinking. They, they would want to know. They want to know. They want me to make that commitment. And so I made a commitment. I married your mother. <laughs> I'm your father. That's not commitment enough. As far as next weekend, I'll let you know when the weekend gets there. <laughs> and they would ask, well, we want to know if we can go now. And I said, well, I can give you an answer now, but it may not be the one you want. So I advise you to wait till the weekend. Don't say no. Because <laughs> now I can guarantee I can say no, but to say yes would create an obligation on my part. And I hold that very important that I don't want to, you know, I want to keep my word. And uh, if it's all physical, a lot of people are very quick to say, oh, yeah. I always, I always cringe in the movies when somebody says, you know, that they're afraid, and the hero says, I won't let anything happen to you. Like, <laughs> I mean, you guys, how can you guarantee that? <laughs> you know, they're shooting bullets everywhere. You can't guarantee they're not going to get hit. But, we, yeah, we, and so our doctrine is very simple. Do not bear false witness. Don't say that you're coming on the group for the purposes of the group. And then have other purposes. That's deceptive. And and we have people on the group now that are dishonest with themselves and therefore with us. But we, we're ready to forgive. <laughs> well, but you know, brother, to... until the spirit lights it up for someone that their that their thinking is still a little bit crooked, they don't realize it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, that's often the case. Is they don't realize that, you know, the individual. Uh, I shared the, with the PCM group the, his email, my email back to him. Is that, uh, and I got a couple of comments off the group on it. But uh, the reality is, is that uh, he doesn't see it. Uh, and you know, we're about opening people's eyes. 
And the most important errors that you need to see are your own. It's not everybody else's error. That's easy. It's our own errors. And we all err. We all fall short. And there is no growth until we're willing to see ourselves as we really are. And that takes a certain amount of humility. Uh, it's a lot of humility. It, it looks like a lot more humility. Than and most the, people are willing to. Second. I say that's a process too. It seems like we've had oh, we developed these habits of thinking and reacting and feeling that just seem right and normal to us and until the spirit is able to bring to our attention that that might be right and normal to us that we're putting on the mind of Christ and it's not right and normal to him <laughs> right as many as I love I also rebuke we had those discussions uh, a month or so ago and you know some people oh we, we don't like all this arguing well we're not arguing we're challenging one another we're rebuking one another and we still have people going around behind the scenes uh, trying to muster support. Well, why can't we talk openly in an open form and say what's on our mind and on our hearts? What are we afraid of? Don't we have the conviction of our beliefs and willing to lay our cards on the table? Uh, it's very important that we are that way. So, anyway, I know who this is. <laughs> In fact, I knew who, who this caller was before she said a word. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, I just knew it. I knew it was going to be you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, which is okay. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those quantum things, I guess. <laughs> yes, I like it's it. one of those. I remember years ago somebody was talking about that. He was a really scientifically minded guy in our in our fellowship, and he says, you know, there's this one over here and that one over there, and they may be thousands of miles from each other and can't see each other, but when this one turns this way, the other one turns that way at the same time. I thought, mm -hmm. well, that's really interesting. Isn't that way it works in our hearts? Yeah, that's the thing is that you, you cannot fake the kingdom for long. Yeah, that was one of the things of homeschooling my kids is that, uh, you know, kids uh, today, they develop a personality for their parents, another personality for their teachers, and another personality for their buddies. And, which is a major cause of why most kids are graduating from high school and college and don't know who they are. Because they've been three different people most of their life, uh, to, to fit in, uh, but if you home teach your kids, they they are revealed. <laughs> they cannot they cannot fake it. You have you have been a parent in their life. You have been a part of their life. You you're there all the time, or at least almost all the time, and you know what's going on if you're paying attention anyway. And that, that's why we need to be in the group. But anyway, we're just about out of time. So if anybody wants to come to the Fall Festival or be a part of it, get a hold of us on the Living Network. Go to hisholychurch.org. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, El Shiba. Thanks, everybody. God bless.
You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.